podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given and this is a bonus Zero Ducks Given podcast episode which has been made possible in partnership with Booking.com. So we are delighted to be recording from Booking.com's one-of-a-kind cricket-themed Airstream stay at Totteridge Millhillians Cricket Club in the UK. Beautiful cricket club, I've played a few games here before. So Booking.com are the exclusive accommodation and attractions partner for all ICC events. And so to celebrate the T20 World Cup, they have developed this, the T20 Pavilion, which I will describe in a bit more detail with Daniel and Finney. It is the Ultimate Cricket Stay UK, which was exclusively available to book for a couple of nights. However, we are lucky enough to get a sneak preview of it. And we are going to be talking about all the cricket-themed touches inside the accommodation. And also, we're going to be discussing a bit about what's going on at the T20 World Cup. And most importantly, what the best of rivals means for players, fans and the cricket community as we see the season through. So I'm currently sat in an Airstream, which is basically a very, very amazing posh caravan. And I am opposite Dan Norcross and Stephen Finn, the Zero Ducks given team. And I've never seen a man happier than Dan Norcross right now. Oh. I mean, sorry, those noises you hear are a man who's enjoying his stay in the cricket pavilion. So um, Dan is sat there on a sofa. The sofa is cricket themed. So the pillows are all made out of old cricket jumpers. And he is sat directly opposite a lovely TV, which is currently showing Australia versus Sri Lanka in the T20 World Cup. Dan, you look like a very happy man. I'm uh, beyond happy. I'm okay. delirious. I think I've died and gone to heaven. Uh, for a start, we walked through the door. Uh, this machine actually cheers you, like you've like you've like just hit a four, which is extremely rare in my experience. When I did hit them, no one did cheer. Um, you go into the loo, and suddenly it starts telling you the laws of cricket. You flush the loo, and it shouts, "How's that?" It's got. It's like adult potty training for you. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. to save yeah. you wearing a nappy, like you might have to at your age. Long overdue potty training for Norcross. Well, it would incentivise me to get up in the night and use it, I suppose, as opposed to the the, the confusion we had the other week over the lazy wee. Uh, yeah. it's got... <laughs> That's a throwback to a previous episode, which, if you didn't hear, is going to be very confusing indeed. Yes, but but look, just trust me, it's worth going to the loo here. Um, it's, <laughs> it's got a fantastic bed, which is covered in, as Toby says, kind of like sweaters and what have you. But there's cricket themed everything. There's a bat here, which has got little hooks on it for hanging, I suppose, your coats, your jackets or whatever. It's got copies of cricket magazines. And in a way, one of my favourite touches is the light, the light that is put inside a helmet. I mean, uh, this will be great when it's dark. The Atmos is going to be absolutely fantastic. And outside, good grief, we haven't even talked about the gigantic cricket ball that houses a, an ice bucket and a bar. I mean, I can't quite think of anything that they've left out. This is perfection. It, it, it is very, very nice. And, and like Dan mentioned, that when you walk into it, a sound effect is triggered of the crowd cheering and Finney's not heard those noises in a long, long time. So that must have been nice, Finney. It must have been like 2012 all over again. 
Yeah, it's nice to nice to go back. I mean, at least <laughs> at least I've experienced it at some stage in my life. Unlike this is as close um, as we've got. Yeah, exactly. Either of you who need artificial cheering to ever know what the buzz of doing anything worthwhile in front of a group of people is. So, yeah, it's nice to be here and relive some memories. We're we're being very well looked after. I've had to sit like horribly close to Dan Norcross. And now I've moved away from him because he was stroking my shoulders, as asking me if I'd like a back massage. Um, so yeah, that was slightly disturbing, but I, but now I've moved. So. And I can't stress enough to anybody that would like to stay in this Airstream one day that Dan Norcross does not come with the Airstream. And that is, because otherwise that would really put well, potential yeah. buyers off. Well, if you booked the Airstream, you could invite me yeah. and I could come and give you a back massage if you particularly <laughs> you, wanted. They almost no, no, certainly cost. won't want that. This is a genuinely true story, by the way. Uh, so Finney here was a maybe about whether he was going to be available for this today and whether we could record this podcast. If Finney wasn't available, we were going to use Ollie Pope. However, Ollie Pope, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know that Dan Norcross has a weird obsession with Ollie Pope. And quite rightly, it's he not had weird. absolutely no interest in spending the afternoon. Did he actually in an say no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had absolutely no interest in spending his afternoon in an enclosed space with Dan Norcross. And I don't blame it. I don't think he, you should be allowed within 200 metres of Ollie Oh, Pope. he'd fit beautifully on this sofa next to me. especially with <laughs> I'm that. amazed oh, even lovely. I turned up. He, he actually messaged me this morning. No, he rang me and I let it go through to the keeper. Then he messaged me and I was like, well, I better pick this up now. So I rang him back. And uh, and he said, can you give me a lift from the station? It's like picking your granddad up at the station. A little bit doddery, a bit disorientated, <laughs> didn't really know where he was. It's I was like, Dan, it's Dan over hill. here, mate. Over here, mate. And he like got him in the car. I had to open the door for him and give him a help up with, the, like, with a step up into the car. Help him out when we got here. And I would say this was a along. gigantic exaggeration. <laughs> but it's exactly how it went. Well, it was a bit I similar. Because yeah. it it's, nice, it's quite a nice Indian summer sort of afternoon today. It's quite a sunny, nice autumnal day. But I'd imagine when you picked up Dan, it was only raining and just on him. That's what, I, that's what I'm picturing outside the train station. Just Norcross there looking at you, waiting in the rain whilst everyone else is bone dry. Glum, with a carrier bag. Always yeah, with a carrier always bag. Always with yeah. a carrier bag. Always. You're at that age mm. now. Now, if I could continue going around this by the way there's it's got everything oven microwave fridge you name it uh, if i scan my eyes around the room there is a carpet that is in the style of a cricket pitch as in there's green beautiful carpet lush carpet but they've actually shaved out a bit in the middle which represents the pitch and it leads towards some cricket stumps at the base of the bed um, and then on the bed itself as dan mentioned is some uh, cricket themed pillows but above it is a scoreboard and I was saying that we should change the scoreboard. And I was wondering which game to go for. Now, my immediate suggestion was the 2005 Trent Bridge run chase, which I think was 129 for seven when Hoggy and Giles got the runs at the end. Um, and then Norcross mentioned, well, a certain test at Headingley, which is when uh, Ben Stokes and Jack Leach famously chased 359? 359 to win, ended up on 362. Because nine, Pat Cummins bowled a horrible short yeah. long hop to let Ben Stokes win the game. To be fair, time. it's the only bad ball he bowled all series. <laughs> yeah, it that well. Yeah, it really was. It really was. However, then we had a brainwave. What about Trent Bridge? The scene of 60 all out. And everybody remembers that test for Stuart Broad's eight wickets for 15 runs. But what goes under the radar is Stephen Finn's one for 21. Weird it doesn't get talked about. It, it is bizarre, actually, because of all the wickets that fell that day, you've got Stokes's magnificent catch at Gully, 
Um, you've got the couple of wickets, I think, in the first over or the third over from Stuart Broad, edges behind. But I, I, probably the best ball that I bowled in my test career was on that day. So yeah, it doesn't get talked about enough. But if you listen to me for long enough, I will definitely talk about it. It's it's a bit like um, like Mother Teresa died on the same day as Princess Diana. And people always forget <laughs> that. And it's the same way that Steve Finbold, an absolute seed at the same day that Stuart Broad took eight for 15. And it's yeah. a sad footnote. Yeah, you're dead right. He's, he's very unlucky in that respect. It was, it was the same as John F. Kennedy, wasn't it? John F. Kennedy died the same day as Aldous Huxley That's and exactly C.S. Right. Lewis or something weird. Yeah, it's, it's very much in that. But but in fairness to him, and I'm, I'm feeling very positive towards him, despite his curiously offhand behaviour towards me today. Uh, but did you not? I thought you had a good second innings, didn't you? Um, I might have got two or three in the second innings, but I did in, in that game and then the next game at the Oval. I took my 100th wicket three times, my 100th test wicket three times. And the, the previous two times, it was ruled out for a retrospective no ball. So, <laughs> oh, so, wow, God, we've never talked about this. Oh. We've ne- so, you, so you kept overstepping the line? Yeah. And taking your hundredth wicket, yeah, celebrating as if it was my hundredth wicket, and then getting <laughs> Holding told the ball up to the crowd, yeah, oh. and then being like, right, that's the one that's going to go on my mantelpiece as my hundredth Test wicket because I've got this bell jar that's got all my balls, all my balls um, in it, all the significant balls from my career. Must be a very empty bell jar. <laughs> <laughs> How many five as you took? <laughs> um, but yeah, I it's um, I took it three times. So I took it once in the second innings at Trent Bridge. And then I took it another time in the first innings at the Oval. Um, and then eventually got Mitchell Marsh out court second slip, I think, for, for my actual 100th wicket. Now the question is, Mitchell Marsh isn't a bad 100th wicket, but did you miss out on a better one with the two previous ones? Um, no, one was Peter Neville. Actually, yes, yeah, Steve Smith. Yeah. Oh, oh, you no. overstepped the mark to get Steve Smith. Then again, was that when he was like a leg spinner who wasn't that good at batting? No, that's so he was tearing up. That was 2015, yeah. oh, actually. Of course so it was, yeah. Is he the luckiest man on the planet? Because didn't Jack Leach get him at Edge Baston? Yeah, and he did, was, yeah. And it uh, caught it slip or something, and that was a no yeah, ball as well. No ball, oh, it yeah. could have been crucial because England could easily have won that game. They were on top in that game. I love this. Last week we called Don, we laid into Don Bradman. And now we're just basically saying Steve Smith's lucky. Is that what we're going Yeah, he's the luckiest, <laughs> luckiest batter on the planet. <laughs> uh, you know the other nice thing about, because we don't often get to record these podcasts in person, the other nice thing about us all meeting up uh, in the flesh, no matter how much Finney pretends he doesn't like it, is this is our first chance to see Stephen Finn's earring up close. And uh, there it is, glinting in the in the afternoon sunshine. Yeah, beauty. Um, there was a beautiful line before we press record where Norcross, with his uh, with his cataracts, went uh, went. Oh, you've got two piercings. Oh wait, no, that's just a mole. <laughs> <laughs> you picked you picked him up from the station, and he comes in here and insults your earlobe. Exactly. Well, I, was, I wasn't insulting you. I was, uh, genuinely, my eyesight is a little bit wonky, isn't it? And it's and it's a very delicate little. Like it's a beauty freckle, really. I wouldn't call it a mole. Yeah, to be but I own people paint these on their face now, don't they? To yeah, they fashionable. do. Yeah, and I've just yeah. naturally been given one by my you, parents. So. Cindy Crawford used to exactly. be a the bottom card. They normally tend to be women, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be a strapping six foot eight inch fast bowl. Two cards for twenty one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we got. Can we talk about what he's going to dangle from it though? Not the mole from the earring. Uh, yes, yes. Because because you, you said you had something that was on there. Yeah, I, you can have there's like interchangeable charms that you can put on it. So at the moment, there's nothing on it because I removed it this morning. But um, previously, I've had a little spike on there. 
I'm planning. I've got I've got a half decent night out on Saturday planned at, at one of the more raunchy nightclubs in London. Oh, um, and I, I was thinking of dangling something a little bit more extravagant from it. Oh, okay. Oh, now like we're talking. What? Have you got? Is it? Is this a specific thing, or are you still thinking about what it should be? Well, no. The the, the place where I got this from uh, does a number of different charms, and and you can get like a little string of diamonds, a little. I mean, feather. Maybe oh, I was going to say I like a Mr. T feather. Yeah. Vinny. Oh, that's a thought. I like a Mr. T feather, and I also wouldn't mind a Flavor Flav style clock necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Just a huge clock around your neck. I think that could be. I think that could be quite the look. Imagine yeah. if you turn up, can you, for us, for our entertainment, can you turn up completely straight face first day at Sussex with a Mr. T Fever earring and a clock <laughs> <like> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Well, my first day is on Monday. Is it? I'm Perfect. going down for fitness testing on Monday. Perfect. Yeah. Oh. oh, what, two days after being at a nightclub? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I was planning on not drinking at the nightclub. Oh, right. Okay. Just dancing. Good for calorie burning. <laughs> Absolutely. So we still want to get the charm. We still want to get the Hashim Amla charm. Because that is that. his bunny. So yeah. that might have to be crowdfunded because... He told us he he will only he'll only use white gold. I'll only put white gold in my ear. Only yes. white gold. Only the right. best for our finish. Exactly. I, I I can we focus on trying to sell some tickets for our live show before you start trying to crowdfund for a hashy yes, white point. gold yeah. charm for Finney's <laughs> earring, please. By the way, as I look around this air that we're in, I keep spotting more things. And have you noticed that there's a boundary rope oh, around yeah. the whole edge of the floor? Oh yeah. That is a touch, isn't it? That is absolutely beautiful. There's also photos of miscellaneous cricketers on the wall as well. Um, but the main thing is this TV behind me, Dan. Right now, what's happening in the Sri Lanka Australia game? Because you guys have got a better mm. view. Well, uh, you get to stare at Pat Cummins Pace behind me, Pat. the most beautiful man in the world. Yep. And I have to stare Second at you two. Most. Second most beautiful man in the world. Oh, to right. Chris Wokes? Yeah, Chris Wokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paceman Pat, with his dodgy back, has just been whipped for a beautiful four by Nisanka. Sri Lanka going on. Comfortably, I'd say, 15 without loss after a couple of overs. But Hazelwood, again, he impressed me in the, in the first over he bowled there. There's something weird going on in this World Cup. They've gone to the UAE, and we expected it to be all about the spinners as the first wicket's about to go down. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. Nisanka's out too, Paceman Pat, who has a very understated little punch of the fist there. But he's an he's a honourable and decent man, is Pat. I love Pat Cummins. Um, but it's all about pace, this, um, this World Cup. You look at Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka have unleashed a bunch of paces bowling at over 90 miles an hour with a couple of mystery spinners. England have, have got pace up front, pace in the middle with a couple of spinners. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? UAE, wasn't everybody expecting slow, low? What, why is why is pace coming to it so much? Well, I think they will as the tournament goes on. I think that the spinners will come more and more into it as there's more traffic on the squares but I think to begin with to try and help the wickets last longer I think the groundsmen are probably leaving a little bit more grass on the pitch to try and hold them together to give them some sort of longevity and in general Dubai is a nice place to bowl seam I've had some of my best white ball performances in that stadium at Sports City in Dubai Sharjah is a bit more of a graveyard for the seamers and Abu Dhabi can be friendly to the seamers as well um, just because there's a bit of bounce I think we saw that in the England game the other day um, and there's there was a good amount of bounce Chris Wokes I think got one to bounce and lift into uh, Mushfika Rahim um, and whack him on the wrist so there's definitely value there for holding your length as a seamer and I think that's why at the beginning of the tournament it's favouring them slightly but I do really expect the spinners to come to come into it more as the tournament goes on. Well what's interesting is I've seen that although 
there's lots of pace being bowled. They've dragged the lengths right back, so they're bowling right into the pitch, as you said, and also a lot of cutters. I mean, Tymar Mills basically seems to bowl exclusively slower balls, and that quicker one's almost a change-up now. So I think that's what's going to happen on these dry pitches as well as the tournament goes on. I'll tell you one other thing, though. The, the woke stuff. People are sort of very surprised that Woke's coming back into the side. He had six years out, um, 2021, from 2015 to 2021, wasn't it, in the T20 side. And people have been surprised at his effectiveness. But actually, he's been the most effective bowler in power plays in 50-over cricket. And whether it's because of the pitches you described, Vinny, but he's essentially bowled in a very similar length and a very similar fashion, hasn't he? He hasn't done change-ups in the power play he's just bowled like he's bowling in a 50 over game in the power play yeah there's a simplicity to what he's doing which I think especially on wickets where you're getting a little bit of variable bounce from a good length you don't act, the wickets doing your variation for you and I think that he's so good at holding his length um, the sort of a waist high length as Pat Cummins is dispatched he just bowled a no ball that went for four and then he's free hit has just been whacked over his never head never liked him never rated four. him yeah so um, oh well <laughs> never mind <laughs> um, but yeah the, the the fact that Chris Wokes' length is so impeccable um, he gets that natural variation from the bounce of the pitch which which makes him very hard to hit especially early on well so far since he's been back in the England side he's got an economy of 3.25 so uh, he's doing okay that's lower it. than mine in first class cricket <laughs> it's genuinely that, that is astounding <laughs> that is an astounding stat well the other astounding stat was that in England's second game against Bangladesh um, 14 overs were bowled by guys who were not in their first choice team in India in March Livingston Timal Mills um, Wokes and help me out the other one, um, and they and they went and they took seventy two for eight in fourteen overs. <laughs> and the, t- the two guys that went for runs, who went for fifty in six, were Jordan and Rashid. Who've been in the side for Yonks. I'm not suggesting that they need to drop Jordan and Rashid, but it does suggest to you that there is a weird thing that's happened in this World Cup, which is that ordinarily England used to arrive at World Cups with a completely different team from the one that they've been practising with <laughs> all the way up to the moment that the competition starts. And they go, oh no, we got it all wrong. And they jettison everyone, then put outside that wasn't good enough. They appear to have discovered their best bowling lineup on the eve of the whole thing. I mean, in part, I guess, because of Mark Wood's injury, because he would have played, wouldn't he? Mm, I don't know. I like Tamal Mills' left arm um, angle and his ability to be a bit more different the Mark Wood, I think Tamal Mills' slower ball makes him very hard for people to line up. And I think that Mark Wood doesn't necessarily have that change of pace in his locker. Um, so they offer very different things. But I also think when England have come in and or picked a few people that haven't played in the build-up to a World Cup before, it seemed like panic. But this time round, it feels quite calculated and quite a sensible um, selection. It doesn't feel like a risk, whereas before on the eve of World Cups, we've everything's been scrapped and I've been in a few of those and it's like, if you're lucky to come out of the other side still in the team at the end of the carnage, you're like, whew, got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but this feels like, cal- this feels calculated to me. Yeah, and it's, and it, look, they're, they're guys who played IPL as well, aren't they? So it's Wokes and Moe Nally have come in for example, to, to open the bowling we know and bowl through the power them, play. They're not a surprise. It's religion. not a surprise, yeah. It's not a surprise. And, and Livingston picked up a couple of wickets against Bangladesh as well. So England are just blessed with a great, I suppose, strength in depth, isn't it? But it is... It, I don't think people have quite predicted what was going to happen in the early games and have got it 
they got it spot on. I think I think there have been some surprises out there, not least of which has been Sri Lanka, who uh, I'm wishing them all the best. They're not doing badly. They're 31 off 3.1. I like them as a team. I think you're right. The the, the diversity of their bowling attack, two mystery spinners and three guys who can touch and get beyond 90 miles an hour, I think makes them dangerous for all the conditions, whether they change through the tournament or not. I think it makes them a really dangerous team. They just need to get enough runs. It's not a white ball tournament until Sri Lanka turn up with a mystery spinner. I mean, (laughs) that's a rule of all white ball tournaments. Oh, 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 we can't forget this. What? Finney. It's it's the big man's birthday. That's why you're here, isn't it? It's, It's your birthday. It's your 30th birthday tomorrow. I am going to be waking up on the morning of my 30th surrounded oh. by cricket memorabilia, which is oh. what a way to start my 30s. If it stays, Happy birthday. I mean, thank you very much. I mean, by the time this recording goes out, it's meaningless, but I, I thank you very much. Finney, I noticed you haven't said happy birthday yet. Uh, happy happy birthday. Thank you very much, Finney. Actually, that wasn't so difficult, was it? Unbelievable. Blackfulness, though. Uh, <laughs> that was through gritted teeth. I could tell. Yeah. I could tell. I'm I not mean, a birthday man. I, no? What you said, you don't have them. Well, well I, 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 have that, I haven't <laughs> had one for years. I know you're right. I haven't had one for years. I just don't care. What no. is it? It's a birthday. Who cares? Why can't you just be happy for me for once, Finny? I'm waking up on my birthday in a cricket-themed pavilion. I just thought you were a lot older than thirty, to be honest. <laughs> in fairness, so did I. I get that yeah. a lot. Yeah. He thought you and me were brothers, Dan. Makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Well, before we go, I want to talk about this best of rivals that Booking.com have. So this is their theory because obviously Booking.com, it's about accommodation around the world. This is their theory that although we're rivals, there's a lot that unites us and connects us. And we talked about this actually a bit on the last episode with Howie about how for all the rivalry in England versus Australia, they need each other because there's no Muhammad Ali about Joe Frazier and George Foreman. And we've seen some great examples over the years in mm-hmm. cricket. Andrew Flintoff shaking Brettley's hand immediately after Edgebaston in 2005. There was one recently as well. Well, it was uh, very recently, the India-Pakistan game that started this T20 World Cup Super 12 series, where Pakistan shellacked India. And you can be forgiven for looking at Virat Kohli. A lot of people think of Virat Kohli as maybe... You know, he's a bit grumpy. He's a bit all about India. And it's one of the, it's probably the biggest rivalry in world cricket. And yet, he, the most beautiful image from that game was probably him going up and congratulating Mohammed Rizwan, Baba Azam, and looking genuine about it as well. The proper smile on his face. He looked like he was happy for them, for what they had achieved. And, and don't forget, that was the first time Pakistan had beaten India in a World Cup. And if, if you're the captain on the other end of that, it's pretty tough to take, isn't it? But he showed uh, he showed tremendous sportsmanship at that point. Finney, is there a guy when you were playing for England, an international opponent, who was just the nicest guy? I think New Zealanders in general. We, we had some fantastic series against New Zealand where... Oh, he's going to mention his 50. Well, well I actually wasn't, but now you talk about it. I got a test 50 against New Zealand. Oh, no. Um, and even they came up to me after that. I mean, Brendan McCullum said, because I played with him before that series for Otago... Uh, he came up to me afterwards. He was like, I, gee, I watched you in the nets and I, I didn't think you were capable of batting for 10 minutes, <laughs> let alone as long as you did. Um, yeah, the point. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially in around that 2015, just after the World Cup, we had some really good series against New Zealand where they'd be pretty sociable. So I've got some good friends who play for the New Zealand side now and we stay in touch. Um, after every single game, we'd get together and have a beer and, and catch up with each other after the game but as soon as we crossed the white line against each other um, we were very much trying to win the game of cricket which is some of my favourite series because it's hard cricket but also fun and you make friends at the end of it New Zealanders eh they're they're, They're wonderful people they are really (laughs) 
they, oh, they are so much nicer than we are. <laughs> <laughs> so much, they're so much better than us. Well, chaps, it's been lovely chatting to you and very nice to see you. But now, can you all leave? Because I'm sleeping in this tonight and you're basically in my bedroom. And uh, the thought of trying to get to sleep with Norcross staring at me is nigh on impossible. So, chaps, if you could please leave. Oh, I'm finished dancing. Don't forget. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like cutting shapes at uh, this end. Yeah. I'd just be gazing at the two of you. Apologies, by the way, if you are out in a raunchy nightclub in London this weekend and see Finney cutting some shapes. Uh, thank you very much for listening as always. This episode was brought to you in partnership with Booking.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.